Hey folks, in today's episode, I'll be talking about everything you need to know on Portals and Dungeons & Dragons, so stay tuned. What's going on people? I hope that all is well. Today, like I said, I wanted to talk to you about portals and everything you need to know on how to get you to start using them. One thing I love about portals is that portals have allowed me to have a really big adventure all in one campaign. It's given my players the ability to travel wherever they want to go. It's really just been this awesome, um, almost excuse to travel and to do all these different things in the world. But if you're unfamiliar with what a portal is, a portal is a connection point between two worlds or places that allow the individuals to travel in between them. So if you read or saw any of the Chronicle of Narnia movies, uh, specifically The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, that wardrobe was an, is a great example of a portal. It showcases that, one, it, you know, took the children from England to Narnia, all in a pretty instantaneous, almost, um, you know, obviously magical way. But the qualifications for that portal weren't really, were, were pretty vague. You know, it was a wardrobe. And you can pretty much create any type of portal using whatever means and have it look however you want. I know in my game, I have made portals look like various things. Some look like um, teleportation circles. Others look like, um, you know, kind of these stone archways with this kind of illuminating magical essence. And others are just very discreet. It just depends. But you know, with all that being said, why is a portal important? Why are why am I telling you to, to, to really start using portals in your game? Well, this is the big reason. Or, well, there's several, but one of the big reasons is that it allows, you know, the gaming table, the party, you as a DM or GM, to expand your creative horizon. It gives you, as the GM or the DM, an opportunity to branch out and create a bunch of new adventures. You know, maybe you've been wanting to try some ideas out. Maybe you wanted to explore some different worlds that you are homebrewing. Well, the beauty of a portal is that you can deploy a portal to that specific world and your party can have an adventure there. One great example that I like to use is when my party wanted to travel to the Fey. You know, if you're not familiar with the Feywild and whatnot, it is a place where things are kind of topsy-turvy. And I really didn't want to create, I, I've always wanted to create an adventure there, but I didn't want to create a separate campaign just because it really wasn't um, of interest to my characters in the same way. So you could use what I did and create a portal, create a portal to that world and I essentially housed the portal in the capital of the elves just because in my world, the elves still have some sort of connection to their kin in the Fae, but you could pretty much do whatever. Again, it gave me an excuse to kind of try out another world, to try out different NPCs, to just kind of think creatively outside of the box, which then in turn 
gave my players an excuse to think creatively outside as well. It challenged them, right? It challenged them to say, okay, I'm now in the Fae or I'm in this other area and things are different. Things are completely different and I'm going to try these things out. It almost in turn gives you a sense of safety because you can try these things without really quote unquote endangering the campaign. You can always have some type of like scapegoat where you can say, well, they travel to this portal and to this plane and now things are this way. Oh, this happened. You know, let's say this, you know, someone made a mistake. You could actually run with it or you can kind of backtrack. It just depends. You kind of have that creative horizon to to expand on. But in addition to that and kind of building upon that, what I love about portals is that they're easy to explore other realms. And, you know, I spoke about homebrew realms, but what about, you know, official D&D products. A great thing about a portal is that you can apply the same concept that I was speaking on and apply it to any of the um, official D&D worlds. So for example, let's say you picked up the latest Eberron um, guide, right? You know, you picked it up at your game store or uh, online, wherever you've picked it up, and you want to play an Eberron. However, you don't really want to create a completely new campaign or one shot in Eberron. You kind of want to stick with your players and see how that how those characters would react in Eberron. Well, what you can do is create a portal and create the scene and the encounter that will lead your players to Eberron. And now you get to run that campaign with the characters that you have right now. I, you know at the at the table and see how that goes you can pretty much do this and again it's very much planescape-ish you know you're able to kind of jump around and I've talked about this in, on other episodes on other posts and things of that nature it is 100% in your um, power to do this type of movement to kind of go around and say hey I'm going to kind of jump around and see what other things I can do If you think about it, portals like this have actually been instilled in D&D already. So if you look at Curse of Strahd, for those of you who haven't played Curse of Strahd, you might want to kind of plug your ears at this moment. But for those who have read up on it or have played it, you're in a pocket dimension. You know, that where, where Strahd is located, it's pocket dimension. So somehow... You are transported and teleported to that um, pocket dimension and you don't know how you've gotten there or how that how you got there. So you can kind of use the same concept and take that concept and apply it to other worlds, whether it's Forgotten Realms, whether it is, um, you know, Eberron, whether you want to even apply this in older versions and, you know, go Dark Sun or go wherever, whatever you want to do. You're able to do it with portals. You're able to take that, you know, world and that kind of planescape feel of, oh, I want to go here or I want to go to this plane and kind of just have a really cool adventure. But lastly, one of the things that I really love about portals is that it provides your players with a sense or with this sense of deeper magic. You know, I've always spoken about deepening your story, making your story and the world around you 
have this sense of, you know, tradition, this sense of this has been here for a while, right? You know, and deep magic, having magic that's been there for eons allows the environment and the game to have that sense of history. As I stated earlier with Chronicles of Narnia, it does showcase that, you know, Aslan talks about it, uh, well, <laughs> it's now become a meme, but, you know, to specifically mention this, Lord of the Rings, you know, and especially the elves in, Mer- in Middle-earth, they are immortal unless they, you know, choose to not be or they, you know, die in battle. But the elves of Middle-earth know of this deep magic. And I state this because teleportation magic is kind of like that. Teleportation magic, um, and obviously you can change it, but historically speaking and traditionally in the gaming community, teleportation magic has been something where you had to create these teleportation sigils and you had to create a circle. You had to do all these different things. You had to conjure up this thing to create a portal to another realm it it, again it's it it was very old magic it wasn't something that every wizard knew you know it wasn't like your level five or ten wizard knew like yeah maybe level 10 they had heard about it and maybe they were practicing but it wasn't you know traditionally speaking it wasn't until later levels of um you know being a spellcaster so a sorcerer or a wizard where you learned to cast these type of spells and create a portal you know obviously some homebrew games are going to be different that's that's the exception that the exception is it could be that you know you portal into um or you use a portal to travel to a town and do all that other stuff obviously there's implications in that because you're going to want to think and say well how does this happen but i'm actually going to get to that right now so how do you implement portals right what, how do you take that deep magic, that, that sense of old traditional magic, and implement it in your world? Well, let's start with the minimal requirements, okay? Minimally, you have to have a set or random location. You, as the DM or as the player who's maybe creating that portal, you can choose that, right? You can choose whether or not it's a set location or a random location. From the Dungeon Master perspective, be careful with random locations. You might want to have like a roll or like a, you know, kind of like a randomized table that allows you to roll and say, oh, just like, you know, just like when they use a teleport, uh, teleportation or teleport spell, you kind of roll and you can choose whatever you want or rather choose, you know, from that roll. Do the same thing with a rant if you're going to choose a random location. But if you're going to set up a, a portal, choose a location first and foremost. It can be set or it can be random. In my world, the human kingdoms have a set location as more of a fallback. It's the fallback location if their castle is count- compromised. Um, you can have a random location that basically just leads people to safety or leads people to a general area, but set a location. Next, you're going to want to have an object to cast it on or something attuned to it. So like I said earlier, there's not really any prerequisites for a portal. You just It has to just be assigned, right? It has to have something where the, the players go through. Um, so from the GM perspective, 
make sure that the portal is something, and again, if you're going to use the, the mechanics, make sure that the portal is something that players can fit through. Don't let it be like the eye of a needle, right? Don't let, don't let it be something where the, the, the players can't even possibly, you know, go through. That's actually, that's just not fun and it's kind of pointless. Make sure it's something that, you know, it's whether it's a teleportation circle or a portal of that nature. Make sure that it's a, you know, doorway, something that players can go through. And lastly, whatever the components or casting time that it takes um, to enter the portal, let, you know, allow that time to happen. Sometimes we think to ourselves that, oh, some portal is just a regular old portal and you don't need to do XYZ, right? You know, you might think to yourself that, oh, I don't need, um, I don't need to kind of abide by the, the casting or the, or the component aspect. I can do whatever I want, which essentially is true, but you lose some of the integrity to the spell and you lose some of the integrity to the adventure and what your players are expecting. And that's more part of player expectation, which is another episode. But again, just keep to the components. If, you know, if you're going to mechanically create a portal, you know, look at the seventh level spell. I think it's teleport or teleportation. And it doesn't really require any components. It just has some qualifications like, you know, no more than eight individuals can go through it. So again, just stick with stuff like that. It just helps overall. Um, and the next big thing that you should really do if you're going to implement a portal is start writing. Start asking yourself, who has a portal in your world or who has multiple portals in your world? Like, So again, who are the people rather that have portals? Where do those portals go? Why do they have those portals? And how do they how did they acquire it? So as an example, in my world, the most of the kings have some sort of portal. You know, they have some sort of portal that allows them to escape to a safe haven to get out of dodge, you know, to to kind of just more of a safety, you know, measure. Some of the other portals also, you know, lead to other kingdoms so the elves have portals that allow them to travel in between their kingdoms it's only known to the higher up and to the elite um, so again the rulers of those kingdoms but it's a way for them to communicate with each other it's a way for them to kind of just be in contact and to help one another out if need be the dwarves in my world on the other hand they have teleportation very similarly but that it's more for warfare. It's only used for warfare to help, you know, for troop movement. So, you know, ask yourself those questions. Who, you know, who needs this? What do they need it for? Why do they need it? Um, and, and really, that's going to help you build out the the basis for those portals of, you know, from a story perspective, because your player might say or your players might say, hey, why do you have this portal? What's it for? And if you can already answer those questions, that's even better, right? You're, you're prepared for it. Um, one thing else that I would want to add is what are the known portals in your world, right? So it kind of leads from the past statement, but what are the portals in your world? And do they connect to anything um, or any other planes of existence outside of your homebrew world or, you know, whatever world you're running. 
an example of this is in my world, the players don't know this, so and some of them do listen to the podcast, so I'm not going to specific, you know, specify where, but there's a portal in my homebrew world that takes them to the celestial court. You know, this might be reminiscent of um, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, where Percy is able to go through the elevator and go to, straight to Mount Olympus. You know, that's an example of a portal where it's indiscreet, it's in the world, and it takes them to another plane. It's kind of that's the same thing that I do in my world. I have a portal that leads them to the celestial courts, uh, to the celestial plane. They don't know where it is. Most people who are alive in the world don't know. It's kind of lost and and hidden. But again, it's just a nice little something to add to your world. It makes it deeper. And again, it's it's been it's known to some. Some may be alive. Some may not be. Again, I'm trying to be discreet just because some of my players listen to the podcast, and I don't want to reveal too much. But feel free to add that, and you know, plan them. Plan those portals out. Plan where they're going to be. Have them planned and prepared, rather, um, so that wherever you go, wherever your players go, that it's ready. You can add it. It could be even it can even be a game hook, right? You can even incorporate that into the story where they have to chase the villain or they have to chase this person through the portal. And it leads them now to this part of the adventure. But plan it out. Anything that's really worthwhile, you want to plan. Obviously, it's totally okay to have a random, you know, a a random encounter and whatnot. But in this case, plan it out. Plan out where your players are going to be and have it ready. You may want to send them there. You may not want to, but at least it's done and it's prepared. And one big thing, too, is that if you're looking for any ideas on this, if you you know if you can have it or if you have availability to it the dungeon master the dungeon master's guide excuse me chapter 2 and i believe it's page 43 so it's the first page of chapter 2 it talks about portals and really what are the type of minimal portals or the type of planes that there should be it's kind of interconnected because they're both interconnected but that's, you know, for a reference point, I actually talk about it in some other previous videos that I've done, so make sure to check that out. But at the end of all this, this should only be the basis. You have the ability, your players have the ability to expand on this or to contract it however you want. So just always keep that in mind. I could definitely, you know, I'm definitely someone who... Um, wants to empower you all on this but again it's your choice at the end of the day well folks that's it i hope that you enjoyed it and i hope um that you really learned something from it and can take it into your game then if you did make sure to like subscribe and follow the podcast on wherever you're consuming podcast and make sure to follow us on social media we're on instagram facebook youtube and twitter and all that good stuff so until next time keep gaming